Welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 10.45 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Oh, church. Oh, church, we're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit this morning. Are you ready? We are talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't pack your stuff up and go to Rwanda or go to Kenya unless you've experienced and tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Amen? And once you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, there is no borders anymore. There is no, man, I've made it. I've hit my pinnacle. I've got my 401k. I've got my place. There is no borders anymore. God will speak into your heart and you will go. And I'm telling you right now, I believe as we talk about the power-filled life, which we're talking about today, that there is going to be, this is a season for us where we are going to experience that power-filled life and God is going to shake your foundations. Are you ready? God is going to shake your foundations. Let me tell you what that means. When you say God is going to shake your foundation, God's going to shake your comfortability. Amen? He's going to shake it, but in that shaking of your comfortability, boy, he is going to do things in your life where you'll say, I have seen God move in such a way nothing else will satisfy Nothing else will satisfy. And so this morning, as we talk about this power-filled life, last week, if you joined us, um, we talked about why we need the Holy Spirit in our life. We talked about how Jesus partnered with the Holy Spirit to do ministry. So why in the world would we not do that same thing? And today, I want to just talk about the roles of the Holy Spirit in our life. And so when, when last week when we were talking about the why, we, we, we said this, and I think this is important. There was a quote that we read that says, we unintentionally miss miss out on the greatest relationship that we were ever created to have, and that is the intimacy with the Holy Spirit, amen? Where Jesus literally says, it's better that I go so that the Holy Spirit will come because he's your advocate, your friend, your counsel, your peace, amen? And so we unintentionally miss out on that because we put all of our time and effort into, we know God the Father, we can handle that. We know God the Son, we're cool with that. But God the Holy Spirit, that third part, it's just a little uncomfortable, so we focus on the other two. And so I shared with you in the book of Hosea, where God's speaking through his prophet Hosea, and he says, literally, he says that his people are being destroyed for lack of knowledge in him. Amen? We're being destroyed because we don't know that part. And because we don't know the part of the Holy Spirit, we just kind of throw him out to the side and we focus on the other things that we know. And so we read Philippians 3.10 where where Paul says in in the depths of his heart, I want to know Christ and I want to experience. Everybody say experience. Experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Let me hear the word power one more time for me, church. Say it loud. Look, at the end of the day, we all want power. We pursue power in so many areas, don't we, in life? Like we want more power in our car, so we're going to up it a little bit. We talked about that. We want more power tools. Anybody want some more power tools? Yeah? All right? We, we love that word power. We want power in life. But when it comes to the Christian life, the word power scares us. So in the greatest relationship that we can have... That God created us in, he wants to empower us, but that scares us. But everything else in life will pursue the power in. Let me just tell you right now, I got on this kick this week where I started to look up the word power. 
And I started to think about things that cause and give us power in the life that we have today. And so we're in Kansas and it's ridiculously windy and you can't drive out west and without seeing the big power wind turbines. You guys know what I'm talking about? And so I'm looking them up. I kind of geeked out a little bit. I'm not gonna lie to you. And I'm looking them up. I was like, how much power does one of those put out? Like how much power would, would one of those put out? And it says it puts, one of those puts out enough power to basically power 330 homes. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Are there bigger ones, right? And so it, it said the Germans made one that's, that's, that's even bigger. And the Germans made one, that one of those wind turbines that powers 4,000 homes. And I'm like, but is there bigger, right? And I want you to know there is a bigger one, the Danes. I'm just saying the Danish, man, the Vikings, whatever, right? They're good. And so they built one that's so big it powers 8,000 homes. It's bigger than the Eiffel Tower. Look at that thing. So they put them out in the ocean and they span them out in the ocean and these things produce enough power, one of them, to power 8,000 homes. Then I got really geeked out. I'm like, is that the most powerful thing, right? I did the Google. Yes, I called it the Google, all right? And, and I Googled it. And I said, what's the most powerful thing out there in the universe? And, I, and this is what it says. It says, when stars... 150 times the size of the sun explode. They produce a light source in the universe and release as much energy in a few seconds as our sun will produce over its entire lifetime of 10 billion years. And I'm like, how do they know that? They totally made that up, right? But I'm thinking, man, that's a lot of power. And I was like, the only thing that came to my mind at this moment was back to the future. 1.21 gigawatts. You guys know what I'm talking about? And I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm fascinated by this. So I'm looking up other articles and I'm like, man, I'm just really geeked out now. And, and it says, these explosions generate high beams of energy radiation called gamma rays and they burst out and astronomers say that this is the most powerful thing in the universe. And in that moment, I stopped when I read gamma ray and just, this is how I am. I'm like squirrel and I thought, the incredible Hulk, all right? I read Gamma Ray. I didn't care about that anymore. I just thought about the incredible. So I type in Incredible Hulk. And I'm just going to say this right now. I totally wasted my day on Thursday. I'm just throwing that out to you. So I'm reading about the Incredible Hulk. I'm like, greatest Avenger ever, all right? He's got the most power, can't be destroyed, all the things. I remember a time where Christy and I, we went and saw the Avengers. I think it was the first one that came out. And, you know, she didn't grow up with all that. And so she's like, so who's the green guy? And I'm like, baby, it's the Incredible Hulk. And she's like, so what's his thing? And I'm like, well, he's really strong and he doesn't die. So why make a movie? Like, if he doesn't die, why? Couldn't you just watch the movie? He's powerful, all right? And I'm reading these things and I'm reading about this power. And as I'm like literally just, just reading through all this material, all of a sudden the Lord reminds me of something. He says, think about this gamma ray radiation that's, that's the most powerful thing. Think about these stars. Aaron, I hung these stars in the place. This power that you're reading about isn't even a fraction of the power that I have in my finger. Not even a fraction. So, so the most powerful thing in the entire universe that we can try to come up with, God hung each one of those in their place. That's how much power God has. And then he says, Aaron, I want to show this something. That's the power at work within you. Come on now. That's the power of work within you because God doesn't have a little bit of power for humanity and then a little bit of power. He has power and that's the power that he gives us. Let me tell you how I know this to be true. Because Ephesians 3, 20 through 21 says this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably, somebody say immeasurably, more than all we ask or can imagine, <clears throat> according to his power that is at work within who? 
His power, the one who hung the stars in the place that are a billion times more powerful than the sun, his power is at work within us. And that is the power. Then when we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit in our life, that's the power we're talking about. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So God has his people, and he's ready to release, to unleash and release that power. And yet, for whatever reason, we fully don't understand it, and so we back away from it. Listen, church, and this just, I want to make sure we get this right here. We are called, we know this, to the mission of Christ. We've talked about that. We are called to the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And I just want to make sure that we get this. There is a term that we say that has absolutely destroyed this, and the term is casual Christianity. The term is casual Christianity. And I just want to say this. Casual Christianity was a lie that was invented by Satan. Amen? Casual Christianity is a lie that was invented by Satan, but it was perpetuated by the church. You see, Satan invented this lie that we can just be casual, that we can just kind of know God, that we can just kind of walk this life out. Satan invented this lie of casual Christianity, but we perpetuated it as the church. Why? Because we didn't fully understand the power of God. So we're going to focus on God the Father. We're going to focus on God the Son. And every now and again, maybe two or three years down the road, we'll talk about the Holy Spirit. We've perpetuated this lie that there's such a thing called casual Christianity. And today, what I want to do is I just want to bring us to a place of understanding what it means to live this power-filled life as we talk about the Holy Spirit's role in the believer's life. And so in Acts 1-8, and we read this last week, and I want to reread it again, we hear this. Jesus says, but you will receive power. Somebody say power again. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Listen to this, church. You will tell people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. This was just an extension of the Great Commission. Jesus gives us the Great Commission. He says, therefore, all authority has been given to me on heaven and earth. Therefore, go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am always with you to the very end of the age. So Jesus gives the Great Commission. And then he says, and now I'm going to give you the way in which you're going to fulfill it. And the way in which you're going to fulfill it is with the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And so let me just lay this foundation for just a minute so we understand this. In the Old Testament and in the New Testament, there's a different way in which the Spirit worked, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. When the Spirit of God came, in the Old Testament, when the Spirit of God came upon people, He came upon people for a certain time, for a certain moment, for a specific, holy cow, task. Meaning that when God had something that he wanted to accomplish, the Spirit of God would come upon that person and they would accomplish whatever task they had. So think of Samson for a minute, right? We know Samson, really strong guy. So the Spirit of God would come upon Samson and he would do something mighty for the things of God, right? And so you look at it with David, David and Goliath. You have this little shepherd boy, you have this huge Goliath named, uh, giant named Goliath, right? And so the Spirit of God would come on David so that he could defeat Goliath. This is how it worked in the Old Testament. And then something happened in the New Testament. After the Gospels, where Jesus comes and he dies, and he's put in a tomb and he resurrects on the third day, something happens to the new church. Something happens that's different from the Old Testament. The Spirit of God is everywhere upon all people. Amen? Listen to this church, Acts 2. So we know this, at Pentecost. We call it Pentecost. 
the Holy Spirit comes upon the people gathered in the upper room and they're praying and the Spirit comes and it says, man, that, that it was like tongues of fire that surround them. They begin to talk in other language. They begin to speak in tongues, however you want to look at that. They begin to speak in tongues and something happened. They were empowered from that moment to live the life for Christ. And I want to pick up in verse 11 right here. And here's what it says. And we all hear these people, these people that are hearing of these disciples, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things that God has done. They stood up, they stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. Then Peter stepped forward and the 11 apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. I love this part. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. That's much too early for that, right? No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. This is what all of us should get today. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Somebody say all. On all people, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy, and I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. I'm going to stop there for a minute, church, because I want to say this. When Jesus says that he's going to pour out his spirit on all people, can I just say he doesn't say, I'm going to dribble my spirit. Amen? He doesn't say, I'm going to drip my spirit. He says, I'm going to pour out my spirit. Means he's not holding anything back. Amen? He's not holding. It's not like you're going to get to heaven and all of a sudden, man, you're going to experience just more of it. He's saying, look, I want to pour it out on you now. I'm not holding back. This is the kind of life that God is calling us to. And how do I know that? Because in John 3, 34, this is what Jesus says. For, the, for he is sent by God. They were talking about Jesus. For Jesus is sent by God. He speaks God's words. For God gives him the spirit without what? Limitless. God gives him the spirit without limit. And so you have to stop for a minute and read that. And then you got to read into that for a minute. So if Jesus had the spirit without limit, and if we know that we have Jesus in our life, then what do we have the spirit without? Limit. Amen? We have the spirit without limit because Jesus Christ resides in us. Why? Because we're continuing the ministry of Jesus here on this earth. The ministry of reconciliation, the ministry of defeating the works of the devil, that's our call. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, and here's why, church, not for our glory, not for our benefit, not for our fame. In that verse 11 in Acts 2, it says, we, are all, we, we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. Let me just tell you right now, being filled with the Holy Spirit is not for your fame, amen? Being filled with the Holy Spirit is not for your name. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is simply to testify about Christ and what he's done. It's to testify that if you've been broken, you can be whole. It's to testify that if you've lived in fear, that fear has been broken. It's to testify that you no longer have to live in failure and shame. You've been called and redeemed by a new name. Amen? This is what the Holy Spirit does in our life. And so to go and look at the Holy Spirit's roles in our life, which is really what I want to do today in the next, like, five minutes, apparently, um, 
I want to focus on these practical roles first. Yes, I believe in the supernatural. I want you to know I believe that when Jesus says that people can raise from the grave, I believe that with everything in me. I believe that when you can lay hands on the sick, they are made well. I believe that blind men can be given sight. I believe that lame men and women can walk. I believe that to the very core of the foundation of who I am. But today what I want to do is I want to focus on three practical things that before we begin to walk in those signs and wonders and the supernatural, we've got to understand three Three very distinct roles of the Holy Spirit first, amen? Because before we start walking in those other things, we need to understand these three roles. And the first one is this, the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. Listen to this, John 14, 15 and 16 says, if you love me, obey my commandments and I will ask the Father, he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all, somebody say all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him, doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Listen to this church. Truth comes from the Holy Spirit. Truth does not come from the world. It does not come from society. It does not come from books. Truth comes from the Holy Spirit. This book right here is Holy Spirit inspired so you can believe it to be true. Amen. Truth comes from the Holy Spirit. So if truth comes from the Holy Spirit, deception then comes from the enemy when we choose to ignore the Holy Spirit. Amen? You see what happens. I don't want, you know, God the Father's good, God the Son's good, but the Holy Spirit, I just don't know about all that thing. You will be deceived then. If truth comes from the Holy Spirit, deception then comes when we ignore the Holy Spirit in our life. When you stop listening to the Holy Spirit, you'll start believing the lies about you. And somebody's built lies upon a foundation in their life right here and right now. Why? Because you stopped listening to the Holy Spirit a long time ago. Listen to this church. The enemy is a liar. Listen, Satan is a liar. It's what he does. John 8, 44. He has always hated the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And he loves to tell you lies that you'll never overcome and lies that your circumstance is bigger than God's solution. He loves to tell us those things. But when the Holy Spirit is active and relevant in our life, and when we're in relationship with the Holy Spirit, we speak against those lies, amen? We say our God has more power than any of that. This is why we need to lead with the foundation first of knowing the roles of the Holy Spirit on a very practical level. We can't walk in those signs and wonders till we know the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. Why is this important, church? And I'll tell you why I believe this is important because the, tr- the, the word freedom that we use a lot in Christianity is important. John 8, 31 through 32 says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will... The truth will, the truth will set you free. You want to walk in freedom, then stop listening to deceptive lies of the enemy and start listening to the truth of the Holy Spirit. Amen? This is why this is so closely tied to what 2 Corinthians 3.17 tells us. And it says, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Or you could say it like this, where the Spirit is Lord in your life, there is freedom. Amen? There's freedom. We need to hear that freedom today because truth is revealed when the Holy Spirit comes upon us and the lies are destroyed. Number two, number one foundation is truth. Number two, the Holy Spirit teaches us everything. John 14, 26, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything. 
Listen to this. He will teach you everything. But I thought that's what college is for. No, no, no. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Listen to a quote that I read on this. If you are not willing to learn, no one can help you. If you are determined to learn, no one can stop you. Amen? If you are not willing to learn, no one can help you because if the Holy Spirit is trying to teach you things about life and you don't want it and you're not willing to learn, no one can help you. But if you're determined to have intimacy with the Spirit of God, if you're determined to have empowerment in your Christian life, no one can stop you, church. One of the things you'll see in Scripture all the more as we grow in the knowledge of Christ, as we grow in the knowledge of who he is, as we grow in that relationship with him, the less we become concerned about our circumstances and the more we walk in fullness. Listen, you see this with the disciples. Do you remember when the disciples started off with Jesus? Do you remember that? The disciples started off with Jesus, and as they start off with Jesus, they're in a boat, and the storm's coming. They're waking him up. We're going to die. We're going to die. Don't you see the storm out here, Jesus? And he's like, look, you have little faith. You're with the creator of the universe. And then you see him down the road, and they're, they're, they're like, Jesus, like, go pray over that person. Like, we tried, Jesus. It didn't work. And he's like, you have little faith. Don't you have faith in what I can do? You see this at the start, but by the finish, when Pentecost come and the Holy Spirit comes upon them, and they're filled with the Holy Spirit, something changes in their life. You don't see them walking away anymore. Amen? You see them walking into boldness. You want to imprison me? Imprison me. You want to beat me? Beat me. But Jesus Christ's power will go to the ends of the earth. This is what happens. You see it lived out in the Gospels into the new church in the book of Acts. So the Holy Spirit is teaching us everything about God. And when we start to realize this, when we start to realize who we are in Christ, it changes everything. And then it says, and he reminds us about the promises of Christ. It says he reminds us about Christ. And I I just insert, I believe he reminds us about the promises of Christ. Amen? Amen. I believe that he helps us to remember the promises of Christ. By my wounds, you have been made whole. You are no longer slaves of fear. You are children of God. He reminds us about the things that God has said about us. And somebody in here needs a reminder, amen? Somebody in here needs to be reminded that you're an overcomer. Somebody in here needs to be reminded that you're victorious. Because I'm telling you right now, there's nothing like waking up and seeing a sticky note on your refrigerator that says you are loved today and are amazing, amen? But sometimes you don't have anybody putting a sticker on your refrigerator, sticky note on your refrigerator, so God has placed a sticky note on your heart through the Holy Spirit, amen? That you are reminded of who you are in Christ. If we are honest in here, this is difficult for many of us because we don't always want to learn from the Holy Spirit. We want to know everything else that's going on. The third thing, he teaches us truth. He teaches us everything in life and reminds you of everything in life in God. The third thing is this. He teaches us about conviction of right and wrong. Amen? This one's hard, John 16, 7 through 8. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if you don't, the advocate won't come. And if I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict. Everybody say convict. The world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. If we're honest in here, none of of us like that word conviction, right? None of us really like that word conviction. We like encouragement. We like make me feel good. We like the feel goods, right? But conviction is tough. Yet one of the primary roles of the Holy Spirit is to remind us of what is right and what is wrong. Because scripture says without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And I want you to hear this, church. I think a lot of times we battle this because a lot of times when we hear that conviction in our heart, we think it's just our conscience speaking to us. 
And so we say things like, instead of like saying, man, the Holy Spirit is trying to speak to me, we say things like, I just have a gut feeling. I just feel it in my gut. I feel like we're not supposed to do that in my gut. Let me just tell you, in the life of every believer in this room, it's not a gut feeling. It's the conviction of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's why whenever you're doing something that you know is not of God, that's why whenever you're doing something that you know God would not be pleased with, that's why you've got that feeling inside of your heart of going, oh, I just, I have a gut feeling this isn't right. No, it's the Holy Spirit going, (laughs) right? Wake up, man. Because he wants you to know what is of God and what is not of God. It's really the Holy Spirit convicting your heart to convince you that there's something better. I want to say this again because that really stuck out to me. When I was writing that down, the Holy Spirit convicts us to convince us there's something better. He does not convict us to condemn us. If you have a condemning voice inside of your heart, then let me tell you right now, that's not the Holy Spirit, that's the enemy. Amen? The Holy Spirit convicts you so that in joy, or even at times in, oh, I just don't know, you will see that there's a better way. He convicts you to convince you. He does not condemn you. Church, this morning, what I would like to do is I want to set that standard. I'm going to invite worship team. You guys can come up. I want to set that plate for us this morning because I want to have a time where you can pray through these things for just a minute. And I'll tell you why. Because all of us in this room, once we start talking about the power-filled life, you start talking about how Jesus says, man, you can lay hands on the sick, they'll be made well. All of those things. We want to walk in those things, okay? We want to walk in the fruits of the Spirit. We want to do all of those things. But if we don't have these three basic things down, these three basic roles of the Holy Spirit, that all truth comes from Him, all teaching comes from Him, and reminding comes from Him, and all conviction comes from Him, then we are going to miss the other things the Holy Spirit does in our life. This is a basic foundation that Jesus laid. He said, this is why the Holy Spirit's going to come. Oh, and by the way, the Holy Spirit is also the power of God at work in your life. So you'll be able to do those other things as well. But you need to know the truth first. You need to be taught about Jesus first. And you need to walk in the conviction of sin first. When truth comes over your life, and you learn about Jesus Christ and you're reminded about his promises and conviction comes in and starts cleaning house, you will be a mighty force to be reckoned with. You will be. Then we will begin to walk as mighty men and women, seeing the hand of God at work in our lives for his glory, his fame, his name. This morning, have you neglected this relationship? Have you listened to the truth of the Holy Spirit in your life? Have you been in search for your own truth? Have you allowed the Holy Spirit to teach you, to remind you, or have you tuned him out because you've got a lot of other things going on in life right now? hardest one have you allowed the Holy Spirit to convict you have you welcomed I'm listening have you welcomed that conviction into your life so that that conviction will convince you that there's a better way if we've missed the mark on one of those the beautiful thing about Jesus is there's forgiveness and there's freedom amen so this morning what I'd like to do is pray over you guys
And after we get done praying, we're gonna stand up, we're gonna sing, we're gonna shout it out, we're gonna go out of here ready to see God move in mighty and miraculous ways. The altar's gonna be open if you wanna come and spend some time with the Lord. But it's time to let the spirit of all truth, the spirit of all teaching, and the spirit of conviction into our lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this morning we pray, Jesus, that we would unlock our hearts, that we would unlock, Jesus, those places that we've tried to hold off from, allowing you to come in, and that, God, you would come in with all truth, with all knowledge of who you are, reminding us of your promises, convicting us to convince us that there's a better way. So, Holy Spirit, we invite your role into our life. We, we, we love you, God the Father. We love you, God the Son. And Holy Spirit, we love you. And we want to invite you to come into this time and this place that you can begin to do a work. And we know, Jesus, that the church then will rise up and walk in a greater empowerment because truth has come, knowledge has come, conviction has come. And because of that, the Spirit of God's power has come. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen and amen. Will you guys stand? We'll close out with this last song. Thanks for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.